Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. This is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at thepopgreat.com. I am here with my co-host, uh, fellow prisoner, Matt Taylor. <laughs> Say hello, Matt. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, and we're here for another um, individual episode of um, uh, the Way Too Early Oscar podcast. This time we're doing <clears throat> two of the short film um, categories. Typically, we do all three at once if you've listened in past years. Um, and I always kind of like this episode, um, but, you know, um, we're, we're combining things differently this year. Um, and also that that episode can run so long it becomes a short film. So it's probably a good we're only doing two. Um, we're doing live action and documentary uh, today. Um, so let's start with uh, live action shorts. Um, the nominees are Take and Run, uh, On My Mind, Please Hold the Dress and The Long Goodbye. Uh, why don't we start with the shortest one, I think, uh, The Long Goodbye. Um, why don't you tell people what it's about and your thoughts on it and all that? Yes. Um, the Long Goodbye. Uh, this this one was really, really uh, – all five of them were really brutal this year. Yeah. This one was the first one I watched with a bunch, and it totally – totally, I was, like, it took me by surprise, and I was like, what am I – like, it set the tone. I was like, what am I in for for the next – a uh, few hours, but um, this one it, uh, stars Riz Ahmed, and um, it basically follows this um, Muslim family in um, in the U- in the UK, and um, they're planning for some sort of party. And in the meantime, um, on the new the news is covering a um, uh, uh, what uh, a hate group uh, a hate group um, white supremacist group. Uh, March essentially, and uh, things go uh, wrong from there over the course of the um, the film. And it's um you know it's really brutal. I am effective in uh you know what it's said. Like, it's clearly setting out to shock you and to um elicit an emotional reaction. And um I mean it fully succeeds in that. I will say, um, you know, it's while, while it succeeds in having that quick punch of like this suddenly went from being something somewhat uh, mundane and true to life to being this very intense, upsetting short film. Like it succeeds because it's so short. But I did ha- like sort of wonder, would this be more effective if it was a bit longer? Not because I necessarily wanted it, wanted to sit through more, but just it like by the time it ends, you kind of sit there and you're like that was like a lot of information in 12 minutes. And um, I, you know, you don't have the time to really sit with it basically. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, it's well made for what it is and it's, it's just it's really brutal in the execution. Riz Ahmed, however, I will say, I think he's like phenomenal here. And mm-hmm. um, we talked a lot last year about how great he is in um, the sound of metal. And I just think like, you know, he's someone who, is so like consistently great in everything. And I just think like we should use him more. And I like, because it's, it's, I know he was involved in the 
creative process of this film, and I believe he's a producer on it and things like that. Because I believe he's nomin- he's actually got the nomination for for the short film. But um, so you know, this, this is like a, a passion project, I, I assume for him. But I'm just like, he should be doing more and more bigger stuff because he's just he's so good, and um, I I think we should be seeing him far more often than we do. Yeah, I mean. I basically completely disagree on all of it, honestly. <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it's too abrupt, the whole thing. Um, it, it does too much in too little runtime. It's the shortest of the group and is, is just trying to do a lot. Um, and actually, I think that's kind of a consistent problem this year. Um, it was also the first one I watched, and, and uh, I think it may be the least punishing, oddly enough, you know. They're all kind of um, punishing for being bad or um, like uh, the subject matter is tough. So and maybe it's a blessing in disguise that it's short. But yeah, I don't I don't I think the shifts are a little too in tone, um, honestly, lessen the impact realistically. And I, I did not vibe with the like spoken word slam poetry at the end of it, mm. which is Ahmed's like he wrote that Um uh, it's his song, if you will. Um, but yeah, I like that comes out of nowhere. It's just too many tonal shifts at once because we're going for like full realism at the beginning. Then we're going, I'm assuming realism, obviously, uh, uh, because there's not enough content here to really tell you what, if this is, if this is extrapolating from the way the world is, or if it's like based on a true event. Um, uh, and then it becomes like, um, almost misery porn and then it becomes like a you know slam poetry session so like i think all those individual things would have worked if there was more time i could imagine this being an interesting feature for instance Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know it's just um i think i think it's just a little too short on this one and i think i I mean i'm gonna have an argument that's a similar argument for a couple of them actually um they're either too short or too long this year pretty much yeah pretty much very very harsh no, yeah, it's, and they're it's, all sad. Oh, they're all, you know, usually the um, documentary I find is probably the most depressing category. I, I'm thinking of a couple of years ago when we watched that one about that boat crash with the kids. Um, oh. Even though that one's, I mean, I, I thought that was a really good thing. It was just depressing to watch. But this this live action short, <laughs> like I don't like this category mostly. And I really didn't like it this year because I was like, God, when is, when am I going to escape this? Um, okay, let's do... Uh, Something that's supposed to be a little lighter, um, Please Hold, which is a uh, short film about a guy who um, is suddenly in, in this sort of future space where everything is um, operated by drones and, and um, robots, basically. And he's walking to his job and all of a sudden he's arrested for what he does not know what the reason is. And the drone won't tell him. There's no human there. It's just a drone. He's screaming at him and threatening to shoot him if he doesn't comply. Um, And then he ends up in this little prison cell um, where they're like, okay, your sentence is going to be this long. Um, We are, we don't, they won't tell him what it's, what he's accused of. He doesn't have money for a lawyer um, and has to like pay for everything. Um, it's an obvious metaphor of the current, um, prison system, but somehow takes that subject and makes it, um, stupid. Uh, it just feels very shallow overall. The, the commentary here is pretty obvious, um, and a little lazy even. And I wonder if, 
I don't know, all of this money and um, cool production design and like cleverness could not have been funneled into a documentary, maybe. Um, that would be more, I don't know, a little less self-congratulatory. Um, I think it's fine. Uh, you know, I, I didn't love it. <laughs> I don't think it deserves a win is basically what I'm saying. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it got me thinking, um, like, we are living, like, you know, g- using genres, like, I mean, this is, like, you know, loosely sci-fi. It's, like, sci-fi mm-hmm. adjacent. Like, it's set, like, in the near future, it's suggested. And, um, and you know, using genre to explore uh, social issues, like, is one of the coolest things about genre film and everything like that. But, like, this is well, pretty fair. common in this category. I mean, if you remember, there's that time travel one from last year that that was about like, yeah one? that we both hated that was about that was about race realistically yeah oh and, and one like, yeah yeah and it's like you know with with it, this is barely a metaphor like it just <laughs> kind of yeah. takes what does unfortunately happen yeah. and it makes it sci-fi and it, like i just kind of watching it i was like what is this accomplishing except for like taking something we all know happens and just showing it to us basically, but in like a slightly spruced up sci-fi way. Mm-hmm. And there are some well done moments in it. Like um, mainly the production design is very, like you said, like it's a very interesting, cool production design, but yeah, um, yeah I kind of stepped away from it being like, okay, like mm-hmm. the, there were just, there was no deeper thought here. There was no complex complex metaphor. Uh, it just kind of was like, you know, here you go. This is a really horrible thing that happens in real life. And I was like, I don't know. I, I want more, I think, at this point. Like, we're living in this world where, like, realistically, most people are – we're, we're more plugged into social issues perhaps than ever before as a society. And – um you know, we should do a little bit more than just kind of being like, this is an issue with our short film, basically. Like, it's like, you, you do explore a little more, get a more interesting thesis, or at least have like a more complicated metaphor than just, you know, whatever this was. And it's like, and weirdly, this is one of the better ones I think of this year. <laughs> but like, Un- this, unfortunately, this, this, yeah. Yeah, it just, it, this is not a very strong crop this year um, it, at all, basically. No. Uh, let's move on to, I don't know. Let's go to On My Mind. Um, actually, why don't we do, why don't we do, we'll sandwich a, you know, the, the toughest ones with that one. Um, why don't we do the dress? Um, you can tell everyone what it's about and then your thoughts on it. Yeah, the dress is a short film from Poland that, um, follows a little person who's working as a maid, uh, at a motel, she's very lonely. She uh, is trying to make more friends, uh, find a romantic partner, and connect with people. And she begins to uh, have this connection with a man who is staying at the motel. Uh, he asks her on a date, and and she is nervous as she's preparing for the date. Um, and then things take a dark turn during the actual date. Uh, we won't go into it here, but um, it is the sort of film that is very, uh, you know, it's very depressing. Um, I will say the lead performance from Anna uh, Dystokovia, Dis- 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 this is a very 
Polish last name. Um, but um, uh, her her performance is really really good, I think. And um, I like you know the moments where she is alone, and um, you know what the film's able to show in terms of her inner thoughts without ever resorting to narrative or like even dialogue is really impressive. Yeah. Um, she's, she's really, really, really good. Uh, I think the ending of the short film is so cruel and like, honestly, just sadistic to the point where I was like, like it almost feels like the film is trying to make, like it, it thinks it's making some sort of social message of acceptance, but it's only relishing in, um, you know, like it's the most the misery porn of the one. Yeah. It's it's wildly it, unnecessary. And it's like, if you want to go there, okay. Like sometimes, you know, films need to show the dark stuff in order to make endings yeah. more uh, interesting. But then it just ends. It just is like, yeah. what what are we exploring here? Except that really shitty things happen sometimes to people for no good reason. Yeah. And it, it's I, mean, it's, I was, it's yeah. meaninglessly hateful. There's no reason for it. And the, it's the worst thing about it is that it is prob it probably would have been the best one if it hadn't been for that bizarre ending, which oh, yeah, absolutely. is, you know, it's, is trying to shift the meaning of it possibly um, mm -hmm. into this, like, um, this person think, it, it expresses this feeling of, of lesserness and being treated so, as such by other people. Um, and then this one, and it, we'll just spoil it, like not completely, but in, in ideas, like the, the ending confirms that for her in a mm -hmm. way that um, is, is saying something, I guess, about human nature, but also like, to what end? I mean, we had already gotten that from the rest of it, realistically. Mm -hmm. um, and like, people are living in this world with, with like, what are you, what are you, what are you teaching us, realistically? Um, and it's it's so well made, and she's really good uh, that it just seems like why why do this? Um, especially because I think there's like an interesting there's an interesting motif here about like the way she covets things, like. She wants, she wants to be, she wants more from life, but there's also this, like, there's that last shot where she's looking at a, a woman who is, um, not a little person who like is naked on a bed. And there's this idea throughout that she wants to be something else. Um, and like, it's not like everything has to end happily and you have to reaffirm like, no, you're enough kind of thing. But to to leave her with that feels so rotten and so cruel in a way that's just like, what what are you trying to say, dude? <laughs> like, what do you think yeah. you're saying? And what do you think we're getting out of this? Because I tell you, it's not what you think. Um, and it and it also kind of comes out of nowhere. I would argue that that mm -hmm. turn. Although I don't know. I mean, you know, you, you get a man to do a bedroom sometimes in there. <laughs> take off their masks essentially so i don't know <laughs> it's uh, who knows but yeah i don't know it's just completely unnecessary um and and a shame because there's so much good about it um it's, yeah, the it's leading probably, performance is really stunning but yeah and and all of them are really like she she's absolutely carrying it but like there's not really a bad thing about it until that damn wild turn at the end i don't get it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um 
All right. The next one is on my mind. Um, it is about, uh, well, the first setup is that you're in this bar, uh, on a, on a weekday, uh, in the middle of the day. And it's, um, there's a waitress, a, a bartender lady, um, a bar wench. <laughs> and, uh, she's like behind the, the bar and there's her, her curmudgeonly boss who's like counting up money in the background um and then this sad guy walks in uh and you just assume he's like you know um down on his luck alcoholic type um and then he like begs to use the karaoke machine um to sing you were always on my mind um and it's eventually revealed that like his his wife is in a vegetative state and they're going to pull the plug on her that day so he wants to record um him singing that song to play for her before she is you know essentially um like mercifully killed um and it is i think the filmmaking works against it for me often it it feels a little um not as polished as some of these other ones um, in the editing and the, uh, just the basic cinematography. And I would even say the acting is a little, a, a little ham-fisted often. Like the guy who's playing the, the mean bar owner, it's like, all right, people are often mean for no reason because they're working on their own issues, but it feels like, it feels like a caricature of a person until there's like a turn later, you know, when he, re- when, it, when it's revealed why this guy is so on his, uh, you know, on, on, down on his luck here. Um, and I think because there's so many extremes in that, it reduces the emotional impact of it. Um, I also think the ending is a tad corny, even though I really appreciate the idea of um, the living doing something for the dead that is really a gesture for themselves and, and helping moving on. Because I think that's a part of death that people don't talk about, but is 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 ubiquitous. That always happens. I mean, a lot of a lot of mourning starts before, you know, especially if there's like a long term illness or something. A lot of the mourning process starts even before the person is dead in some ways. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't know. The the editing is fine, I think. But the, the actual the rest of the filmmaking was a little either too artificial, artificial for me or just lacking in polish enough that I noticed that how artificial everything felt. Um, but it's at least it wasn't like deeply unpleasant to watch in this group so that's something uh what what are your thoughts (laughs) yeah like you're right this is this one's cheesy and um you know the 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 mean character like the the owner of this bar is like such a cartoon to a point (laughs) where like i was kind of like everything about this totally feels artificial yeah um and yet I was like, oh, thank God, this is this is somehow, somehow the light one yeah. of the group. Like I was I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, he was like, how were they? And I, like the show. <laughs> and I, I was like, the one about the man whose wife is in a coma and dying of some horrible disease and he has to figure out how to let her go is like the light one of the group and everything. And it's, uh, you know. I I found myself kind of like enjoying it in the artifice of it, like similar to as you would like, I don't know, like a a cheesy Glee or something. Yeah, like something just cheesy that you put on on like 
a Saturday afternoon if you're if you have TNT or something like that. Like like a walk to remember if you like or something like that. Like I was I was like, you know, this is cheesy and artificial, but I'm weirdly emotionally moved enough to like give it a slight recommendation. And I I'm like, you know, it, it it's my de-, de facto winner of the group just because I'm like, oh, it didn't make me feel miserable. And that was that's a nice change of pace for the for this group so you know any other collection of shorts i think i would have been a little more unkind to it but i was with this one i I was like well fuck it why not yeah (laughs) it's it's a weak year it's a weak year really weak year really weak year boy um final one is take and run uh let's see um go ahead and tell everybody what's about and uh your thoughts on it yes this one um it follows a young woman in Kyrgyzstan who um, she is kidnapped and forced into a um, uh, a marriage with some with uh, somebody who she didn't she doesn't know obviously, and um, uh, she finds very few resources in to help her escape this uh, forced marriage. Her, her family is not willing to help her, and um, it follows her attempts to. Uh, escape this this marriage the people around her her who are allies and it's sort of um attempting to uh paint a a broader picture of this issue of forced marriages as a whole um uh it's fairly well made i would say in the first half um i think the it's it's this one's about 30 35 minutes in total and uh i go into all these Line, basically and the first um 10 minutes of this film are just sort of like a day in the life or like you know a snapshot of this woman's life and everything yeah. like that. well i mean it's it's sort of setting up that she comes from this very rural area and she is trying to escape it to get an education essentially which is what makes the kidnapping and return to a, a place that is exactly like the home she left so upsetting Right. And it's like I was taken in by the first 10 minutes or so, like, OK, where is this going to go? And then the kidnapping, like you said, is just so jarring and sudden. And then I found the the filmmaking strengths kind of weakened in the latter half where it almost begins to feel a bit like a PSA where you have mm-hmm. characters sort of like speaking the theme to each other, almost like they're doing bullet points about like this particular social issue. And then at the end, they even have like text on the screen, like it's a very long PSA. And I just thought like, it all became very broad and very um, uh, basic for lack of a better word mm-hmm. in the last half, well-made threat and very well acted. Um, like of all of the ones that we watched, I think this is one of the stronger made ones perhaps, but um as we discussed with many of these, it just, they always feel like as important as, as these social issues are, they're just depicting them. They're not, they don't really seem to actually be exploring anything beyond them. And I just, I don't know what that means. Give us a longer movie so we can more properly yeah. explore these issues or just work on a better script. But I just wish, you know, it was more than just a very sad 30 minutes about, a really pressing topic that deserves attention. Yeah, I mean, the, the ending sort of, right, frames it almost as a PSA, realistically, with the mm-hmm. little title card. Um, and yeah, it, but it ultimately, you're right, does a disservice to the subject matter, because what it does is, it is trying to raise awareness of this issue, but 
by doing it in such such a short format, it essentially becomes a greatest hits of of awfulness for this girl, mm-hmm. um, where uh, character turns aren't making sense. The the ending beats where suddenly a character changes their mind. I don't buy. Where is that coming from? We need like mm-hmm. three or four scenes in order to buy that turn because at the beginning that person is not like that. So uh, there's just I think this is the one more than any of the other one, or more than any of the um, movies that we're talking about in this category that would have needed a feature film. It, it, it desperately needs a feature film because there's just scenes missing. We're just getting the most intense moments of this girl's journey. Um, yeah. And she's very good. And all of the actors in it are really good from, uh, I mean, I'm, and I'm assuming some of them are not, not all, you know, not everyone in this is a, is a professional actor. Um, but they're all the this cultural specificity is there the um the emotions are there um and i mean we've talked about this off off mic as it were but like the fact that it's not made someone from that region is Mm -hmm. a little (sighs) makes me wonder if they're the that's why the perspective is a little off because they're only interested in this cultural milieu so much as as much as they are you know to convey this story of like pearl clutching horror of westerners at you know the savages do you know what i'm saying it's like yeah that's the tone that underlies the whole thing as it as it is which like hey not new in hollywood filmmaking um but tiresome to see at this stage of the game like mm-hmm. it does feel like a crop of films that like it's weird that they were made in 2021 or, or released or whatever, if you want to, you know, who knows real production, production schedule wise, who knows what these things are. But like it's they feel like they're from five years ago. We have been living in such insane times. Why aren't these films a little more like, I don't know, get it. You know what I mean? Be there. But go ahead. They reminded me of like, do you remember Upworthy, that website that like. Oh, God. Yeah. The- Jesus. Yeah, it was, like, huge when I was in high school and college. And, like, you know, it's the sort of thing where it's, like, these are all very, very, very important topics to be socially aware of, I guess. But, I mean, yes. But, like, it just just wants you to feel something. And then it has absolutely no interest in further exploring that feeling. And Mm -hmm. it just – and then especially watching them all compounded into, like, you know, a two and a half hour sitting, it's just like, it's just punishing. I, I kept thinking, um, I was supposed to go on a double date with my boyfriend <laughs> and our, a couple of friend, uh, a friend of ours who were a couple. Um, the four of us were either going to go see Cyrano or the the short films at the IFC Center. And oh, so no. Happy. Yeah, I am so, we did not do the short films because I'm just like, what a miserable experience that would have been because these are all so sad and uh, and just like upsetting and then on top of that it's like i love being sad at the movies i love <laughs> having emotional reactions but like you know heartbreak feels good in a place like this heartbreak feels good in a place like this but like but like i want to feel something more than just because like heartbreak most yeah these issues are not new like it's like any yeah. like you know we're both people who are plugged in online reading the news like we knew about these things it's like take the next like have faith in your audience to know about these issues and challenge their thoughts 
a little yeah. bit more. It just it just it made me angry watching these, to be honest. I no, I fully agree. I mean, I, I watch I, the thing I kept thinking about uh, watching Take and Run, especially was there was a film I watched for Tribeca a couple of years ago that was my favorite of the year, and I you probably don't remember because I don't think it ever actually came out um, because of the pandemic and it was an independent sort of foreign film. But it was a uh, it's called Flesh Out. It was about a girl who um, lived in a culture where she had to um, like eat. Uh, to excess to basically like you know vomiting uh, constantly in order to get to essentially fatten up for her wedding or like to be desirable for that and the sort of cognitive dissonance of um being confronted by western beauty ideals uh, which are always about thinness and this other context uh that are clashing together and which she may not want to do for not a number of reasons not just because it literally is physically making her ill. Um, and that was directed by someone who is not from that. It was an Italian director um, who had mostly done documentaries. So it was her first fictional feature. Like, So I think of that. I think like that's what this could have been, Take and Run. And it just, it, the the willingness to like really dig is not there. And that's the problem with a lot of these. It's the willingness to really dig into your subjects is not there. And it's like, we do not have time to not dig anymore. We are too, <laughs> we are too entrenched. <laughs> dig, <Yeah>. please. Because <laughs> the, the risk you run is creating a bunch of um, self-important, uh, but ultimately shallow films. Like, honestly, this crowd. Um, yeah, it, I, you know, listen, we, we are dedicated to Shorts TV on, on this podcast because they give us some links to these every year every year um and they are the ones who put on the the theater screenings of, of these things but yeah i can't imagine encouraging someone to go see this crop of films i would absolutely say go see animated and then go see documentary for the uplift which is usually not the way i would say things because yeah, it's insane the documentaries the uplifting ones this year. Uh, yeah because yeah. usually we talk about uh, truly it's like every time we do this this episode it's like okay animation fun live action kind of weird documentary sad and then it's completely the opposite even though the, uh, there are some sad things about the documentary but it's like the the live action and the, and the, the animated this year are just punishing in a way that i i just man i i don't know what's going on i mean i guess the the pandemic is really having effect two years in but dang goddamn um anything else you oh i, I guess what do we think the winner is i mean if i were picking one it would be take, take and run but i i don't know what is going to connect to audiences here i would actually think on my mind would be the one that would uh, most be heartwarming to uh viewers uh, of in the academy what are your thoughts yeah it's so hard to predict these i usually just go yeah. off of what gold gold derby is recommending because they're kind of like the best at aggregating that sort of inf information from across the web and they have taken run as mm. the most predicted which i think that makes sense on like yeah. to me based on what has won in previous years um yeah so I'm going to go with that. I, I don't know what I would vote for, to be honest. I guess on my mind by default, but it's, can you abstain? Can, I, can we abstain <laughs> from voting in this year? <laughs> we can do whatever we want on this podcast, as the listeners well know. Mm. Um, all right, let's move on to documentary short, uh, the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to start with uh, the first one I watched. And honestly, uh, the most pure delight I felt watching all of the shorts this year. Uh, the, the, this this is this one made me thankful to Shorts TV for let, giving us the links. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Queen of Basketball. Uh, I love basketball. I played it as a kid. Um, 
and I, I mean, I, 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 I remember going to the WNBA games when they first started and like seeing the sparks and what a thrill that was. Um, and I just assumed that there were literally no other basketball playing women prior to that, frankly, cause I was a kid, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so it was wonderful to see a story about a woman who, uh, was playing in the 70s or or I guess actually it was like the 80s and 90s um or like 70s 80s I guess but who uh was very good in college and high school was offered to play or to try out for a professional team and then eventually decides not to but the joy of it was so wonderful because it's basically this monologue by by the this this woman um, that is then sort of intercut with um, images from like archives, like newspapers and stuff, uh, pictures um, uh, of her playing. And like uh, the woman's name is Louisa Stewart, um, by the way, it's Lucy. They, 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 at the very beginning, they're like, um, she's talking about it and then they, they re- she reveals like she's like talking about this person in the third person and she and then the the, the filmmaker is like how do you know that and she's like because it's me <laughs> and like <laughs> the sort of cuteness of that carries throughout the woman is so charming and listening to her tell her story um, and like how proud she is of what she's done as she should be I mean she seems by all accounts an incredible player um, is is so wonderful and and it's it, I'm like, on one hand, I'm I'm devastated she didn't um, try to like wasn't didn't go to the tryout to be drafted by the NBA um, because who knows how history would be different like you know my dream as a little girl might not have been first woman in baseball but playing basketball do you know what I mean in like mm-hmm. the, in the in the professional leagues that like in not a separate league in in the NBA um, but you you have to admire her her like her peace with it honestly and like you wouldn't see that in a lot of sports documentaries like especially that front like uh, that are centered around male players um i mean i've watched almost every 30 for 30 ever, ever made and when there's a story like this often the men are always like they focus on these lost chances and she just doesn't <laughs> it was like such a lovely thing to watch that I just didn't expect. And, you know, like you were saying, we go into these cold. So it was just so nice to watch and it's pretty short. Um, and I'm glad I was glad to watch it because it was a story I hadn't heard. And it was like a story I would love to hear more of, but I didn't necessarily need it because the piece of filmmaking is so good um, at like telling you this specific story very quickly and, and in a fun way. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm going through this phase right now where I weirdly feel like I could get into basketball. Like I um uh I should I should say I did play basketball for four years in middle school. I made one basket in all four years. Um but, oh my god, I almost um, spit water out. <laughs> it was it was a deeply tra- traumatic four years. But um but you know, um between uh watching Love and Basketball during the quarantine and like learning so much about the like uh, pre WNBA uh, world essentially, and how the WNBA formed, and then um, with the the HBO Lakers series coming on now, which like I'm fascinated by as well, and like that whole chapter of history, I'm like I think I I would like basketball, and this only further made me 
want to just dive into like basketball history because it's a delight. It's so it is so well done. I, I mean, again, I know nothing about this stuff, and just like the snapshot of history we're given is both like concisely and well told, um, but also just like fascinating and so much fun to listen to. Like I could watch, uh, you know a feature-length version of this in, done in the same way, but I think in the 22 minutes, it's just so perfectly done. It, it like, completely holds your attention, and it's, uh, you know, really, really lovely. Really, really lovely. I think, um, you know, I, w- I was thrilled by it, and um, I would love, like, you know, I, this is one that, it's a New York Times documentary, so, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it's fairly accessible, and I'm just, like, about to pass the link along to everybody I know because I'm like this is this is great it is it is such a such a fun documentary to be honest yeah yeah I mean you could watch it on Schwartz TV through with the whole package or yeah it, it's it's on YouTube right now you can you can watch it any old time yeah it's what a delight I mean she, she she's so wonderful mm-hmm. <laughs> what a wonderful character um okay let's um uh, I'm gonna move on we'll save the other sports one for later um. Why don't you tell everybody about when we were bullies? Yeah, this one's fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, basically, um, to put it very concisely, the director of the film, Jay Rosenblatt, um, uh, remembers this experience from when he was in fifth grade in the 1960s in which he and the rest of his class bullied uh, one um, one of their classmates and he feels really, really guilty about it all these years later. It has, like, stuck with him, even though it's been, um, you know, uh, 50 years, 60 years, maybe even. Like, and, half a century almost. Yeah, it's like crazy. Yeah. And um, he starts tracking down his classmates, and he finds that all of them remember this moment, like, vividly, and are like, it has stuck with him and everything. And he wants to do a documentary about it, basically. And... I thought when that was like, when when I figured out that's what this is about, I was totally invested. I'm like, that mm-hmm. is a fascinating pitch. As someone who like has a like you know far too many memories from elementary and middle school running around in, in his head, I was like, this is really really interesting to me. Let's unpack this sort of, trauma, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I will say, I think it kind of goes nowhere after that pitch mm-hmm. is done. Like, I I think it's the sort of thing where, um, you know, he should have worked out what he wanted to say before he started doing the documentary instead of just kind of doing it in this, uh, you know, very freeform style that you kind of see unfold. Because you get the sense almost that you are watching him make this movie in real time, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, okay, like, no offense to him, but like, none of this is particularly revelatory or anything like that. So it's like, it's like, I don't know. I kind of think it would have been better if there was a more concise statement to it. And then that, not to spoil it, but at the end he chooses, like he makes a very explicit choice to not interview the, um, the person who they believed, even though he was able to get in contact with him. And, um, if you go on Letterboxd, people are acting as if he committed a war crime on camera. <laughs> and, like... Like, club the baby seal live. <laughs> yeah, I just have to say, it's like... Like, 
She exchanges emails with the person he bullied, and the person he bullied seems fine. And he's even like, will this be, you know, triggering to you and everything? He doesn't use those words, but, like, that's the gist. And the guy's like, no, it's fine. And I'm like, yeah, like, of course it is. It was like, you know, like, it was bullied. Like, I like I hold no grudge towards the people who bullied me in elementary school, and I was probably an asshole to someone in elementary school at some point. Yeah. So I just, I, I heard watching it, and I was re- reading the reviews, and I was like, all right, it's a poorly made, interesting documentary. It's not like he did anything horrible. No, he didn't kill the kid. I mean, he's alive, you know. He's, he allegedly, he's a TV producer of some kind, like, a, of a, with a long career. Yeah, so I'm like, he's fine. He's like, fine. It's It was just, I don't know. I wanted so much more, because I think it's a fascinating pitch, and I just don't think it goes anywhere. But um, it's well made for what it is. And, like, I don't know. I I, I think it's kind of cute. Like, it's 30 minutes, and I, it's the sort of thing I could see showing it to other people and, and kind of being, like, a gateway to reminiscing about weird elementary school movies <laughs> and everything like that. So That's totally. Yeah, that's that's what I got basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I was probably more the bully than I was the bully. <laughs> most part. Um, sorry to to those girls. I mean, we're friends now, but you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's I think it's pretty compelling because this real time documentary making is like he's reaching out to people slowly. It starts with this this memory that is unlocked by an image, a, a, a meaningless image in, in, a, in, a, in a film, basically. Um, it's suddenly unlocked. Then he starts to dig into it. He starts contacting all these people. He talks to the, the teacher. Um, you know, it's there's this active, like, you know, searching out of this teacher who's like 95 or some shit. Um, and he's finding all these people. And we briefly talk about uh, the guy's, the, the, the victim's name is Dick. And like, you know, we get this little peek about Dick's life and okay, if he turned out okay, he's not hopelessly scarred, it seems. Um, who knows? We never get to fucking hear from him, which is the problem. Because like it just is like it feels like it's building to that point. And it's said it's just like, I don't think we need his perspective. It's like, no, bitch, you do, actually. <laughs> like, that's the thing that's missing from this friggin' film. And up to up until then, I do think it's actually really interestingly made because there's all these like, um, montage not montage um uh like he takes the pictures uh from their yearbook of that time and like moves them around in this almost animated way um and like is using the pictures of these people um to represent them talking in interviews now so like there's it's visually really interesting and the editing is kind of cool but then it just like ends in the worst way possible if, even if it was like 10 seconds of Dick being like, yeah, I moved on. I don't even remember this barely or something like that. Or yeah. like being like, yeah, it was traumatic at the time, but I'm a fully grown adult who doesn't, who's like, does not care anymore. Like, whatever. <laughs> this is the first time I've thought about it in years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's all you need. You need two seconds from this guy. And instead it's just like, he makes the decision to not include him. It's like, what? What kind of <laughs> lazy ass what are you doing? I don't know. It's just weird. It's like, why do all the work? And then like punt at the last second. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I don't know. It is kind of fascinating. <laughs> like at least, it's, it, you know, for the subject matter, at least it's kind of fun and light in its filmmaking in, mm-hmm. in, in a way that these are usually not. Um, okay. Uh, the next one uh, is, I'm going to talk about is going to be lead me home, which is essentially a, uh, 
multi-year uh, and multi, um, uh, what's it called, um, location exploration of homelessness, largely in Los Angeles, I would say, um, that starts off pretty interestingly. Uh, there's some uh, really cool shots in it um, of like, like drone shots and like um, big camera angles of, of LA and this, um, this issue of homelessness, which is, that is pre pandemic and uh, during the pandemic in the time span. Cause it, it basically, it was over like three years. Um, and there's some like, initially it seems like some interesting setup and they're going to say some stuff and they clearly get a lot of like interviews with homeless people who are, um, who like describe why they, are homeless at that moment and um, get emotional about it. But the problem is it never goes past surface. What this film becomes is, is a fetish, fetish, fetishization of homelessness in a way that's like wildly offensive. It's so obsessed with these drone shots and these pretty images of the city and like, you know, <sighs> pictures of tents and people living in like squatting in buildings that, it just robs the meaning and like issue of this. It's like, this is a major issue in LA and all of the other places that they show. And why not dig into the politics of that in any way? And if they're not going to dig into the politics, then why not dig into the human, the humans who, who you're talking about here, show them some respect by respecting their story and maybe like giving them more than like a big montage of them all crying to, as some sort of like, you know, I don't know. What what are you doing here? It it ultimately becomes this like wildly offensive, um, nothing extended pretty picture of Los Angeles that has and, and these other cities that is like name checking homelessness. It just felt so empty to me in a way that was like made me angrier the longer it went on. And it's one of the longer ones. So it just does a disservice to its subject. It does this disservice to the people who are in it. It's just a it's like it's shallow as hell. Uh, they're probably realistically the shallowest of the group by, by miles, I would say. Um, what did you think about it? Oh, I hated it so much for yeah. all the reasons you just said. It is, like, we were just talking about the live action films and we were saying how, like, annoyed we were that they don't even attempt to dive in. Mm -hmm. This is, like, a new level of not to dive in. It is just, like, absolute misery with the real people, you know, yeah. who they're they are getting to tell their stories on screen and um nothing. They don't even remotely hint at like like resources to help um homeless mm -hmm. people <laughs> or what yeah. things can what things can be done to like what things are being done or can be done to help help them. It is just like a snapshot of like, isn't this sad? And it's like it's just so infuriating to watch, to be honest, especially like knowing that this is one of the, the Netflix shorts and everything, which you can just tell they have like, they, they are thinking this is a, a very important snapshot of this issue and everything like that. And I, I was just so fully uh, grossed out by it, to be honest, of just like, you know, it's repulsive. It'd, it'd be one thing if this was um, like a live action short. Uh, which would have been manipulative, but whatever. And I, I think there even was a live action short last year about homelessness, if I remember correctly, or in some year in recent, um, one of the years we've been doing this. But, um, but like, 
this is, you know, like a new level of just like, this is like, these are real people and it just feels very uncomfortable. And I, I, I hated it so much. Yeah. The thing about it too, is that if it were 10 minutes long, you would be able to forgive it a little bit because there wouldn't be enough time. This fucker is 40 minutes long. That's half a feature. This is half a feature, realistically. There's so much time to dig in, and it never does. It's so bizarre. It's just these fucking city shots with, like, tents. It's like, this is a huge issue. What are you doing? I mean, I, I don't know. I, like, and It's something people in L.A., as someone who grew up there, have been talking about for, especially in the last couple of years, but have always talked about, always. There's this sort of street that they drive down that I remember driving down as a kid that they like that's just lined with tents. And I'm like, OK, but what, uh, what other than that are you saying? It's just so frustrating. Mm-hmm. And like the longer it, it goes on, the more it's like, fuck these guys, like fuck this film, fuck it, like <laughs> fuck the Netflix, fuck everyone, because yeah. <laughs> this is bullshit. And I bet you it'll win because it's a bunch of L.A. people voting for it. I swear to God. Um, I hope not. Be I, a, I really hope not, but I'm very concerned because I'm sure these guys will get up there and be fucking real proud of this piece of shit they made. Um, yeah, God, it's bad. It's it's the worst of this group by like so many. It's unbelievable. Um, well, let's move on from it. Um, we've demoted more thought to it than the actual film gives. Um, so <laughs> why don't you tell the group about or everybody about um, three songs for Ben Azir? I like the idea of our listeners being like a group. They're all sitting. <laughs> yeah, they're all sitting <laughs> in the same in the same place. Uh, three songs for Ben Azir. Um, this is uh, it follows a, a young man who is a, um, a refugee and he is attempting to join the um, Afghan National Army. And it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, contrasting his attempts to join that army um with his uh love and recent marriage to um the the um uh, the titular uh benazir and um and um i'm i'm really conflicted i mean i don't like i don't know i don't want to say really conflicted because unlike some of the shorts we're talking about like this one didn't make me filled with rage so like you know well, it's, it's, nice re- it's really short. It's the it's the really short. I mean, there's there's not a, a ton, you know, of the group. It's like I think it might be the shortest one. Yeah. Or actually, no, the, really... the ba- basketball one is shorter, but it, it's you know, it's it's not like there. It's it's not so direct as, as some of these other ones. Right, and it's like unlike the other four in this category, this one feels really stripped down and gritty mm-hmm. and like a true raw documentary that must have been very very hard to produce and film and put together but i left it feeling like we needed an extra 20 minutes because it just sort mm-hmm. of like you know once you once it like you know set in i'm like wow this is like really uh you know intimate footage we're getting of the of these people it just sort of ends and i was like oh like it's not like i, I necessarily was like I want more because I just, I'm so fascinated by this. I wanted more because I just felt like it didn't do enough yet. And it's like, you know, I'm impressed by the filmmaking, but I was kind of left cold by it at the end. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. It does end just as it feels like it's about to dig in deeper and it, and it needs it. And and you, and you want that because it, it is 
compelling. And there's so much to dig into here. And it's well edited and put together for what it decides to focus on, which is pretty limited. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wanted a lot more from it because as it is, it feels like almost a sort of impressionist painting of a, of this person's life when, I don't know, you want a little more. I, I think there's there's just so much rich subject matter there that um, that could have been mined. And it, and it's fine for for what it is, but... Yeah, it leaves you wanting, um, unfortunately. Um, the final short in the group is Audible, um, which is an Audible in football, if you don't know, is a um, when you you call a play um, like as as things are when well, you're already out there. It's like it's not discussed beforehand. You're, you're calling an Audible, which is like you're yelling it out to everyone like, OK, we're going to do this um, at like the last second. And the the title is essentially ironic here because the football team that they're talking about is a high school's team of hearing impaired students um some of whom have uh like our main subject has has a, a hearing aid but doesn't always use it or a cochlear implant um and most of the people on the team are you know varying degrees uh, a lot of them don't hear at all so um it's this uh, a mini sports documentary, essentially, about this team's um, season, as many of them are about to go, this is their senior year, they're going to move on to different things. It's about um, the adversity they face as a team playing in a league that isn't all, um, isn't all uh, non-hearing people, um, and um, the the sort of discrimination they face, even though they're really good. I mean, they've they've won championships like three years in a row before this. Um, so they're they're trying to like they've got the pressure this time. Um, and it's about these kids who um, the main kid is he he started off well he he has he had a friend who committed suicide who was queer um, and there's like a queer cheerleading uh, kid and and like her his best his friend who's dating the the main kid who's, a, who's playing the sport it just feels like a little like slice of life life melodrama if you will but it's never that dire it's it's like it's not like heightening the emotions of this these kids experience um it's just like telling you about them and treating them in a very uh, straightforward um straightforward way that doesn't like talk down or like tokenize them in the way that the fucking lead me home does. Um, and I don't know. I, I thought it was very, very good. Uh, it, it's another one that could kind of stand to be longer just because the subject matter is so interesting. And these, these kids are so interesting. Um, and you, I'd almost love to hear from like their parents and stuff. Um, you know, dealing with the trauma these kids have faced just from the kid, commit, the other, their friend committing suicide. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's very good. Um, at first, when I when it first started, they automatically have um, closed captioning on. And I was I thought something was like off. And then I was like, oh, man, what a like just that alone, that choice to have it like always on for everything, like including descriptions of sound is, I don't know, such a brilliant little filmmaking choice because it's already establishing the way lives are different for these kids and the way you should approach this film. I, I think it's very good. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I loved it. I, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think it is so well, so well filmed. And um, 
you know, I like I agree. I was just taken in by the way it shows these kids and these kids' lives. You know, they're they're dealing with hardships, whether it be just the day to day, you know, uh, ways they have to figure out how to make uh, the system work for like the, the you know just the 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 world work for them and everything like that. When the world mm-hmm. doesn't always take into account disabilities. Um, uh, but also, you know, things like, uh, their friend's suicide and everything, the way it shows that, but never ever is like feeling exploitive, exploitative, or like, you know, like it's even remotely trying to manipulate you into having an emotional reaction. It's so thrilling and honestly, like, a a major cause of relief after like this bunch and everything of like, it just lets these people be, you know, complicated and real and um and captures them just in a really compelling way that i was like yeah i would love to see a feature length version of this i would love to see a follow-up a follow-up short about this just because i think it is so fascinating and well made um the the way it it um captures the football uh games on camera is really thrilling mm-hmm. the the sound editing choices are really um, really, really smartly used, I think, to sort of, um, you know, just like, like further help you become, like, like, feel, like connect with these characters and everything like that. And I, I was, I was just really taken with it. I think it's easily my favorite of oh, yeah. this bunch, and um, it's the one that I, I hope, I hope wins. I mean, we're living in the like, you know, like, I'm hoping with Coda being like the sort of front runner right now and everything, like. Yeah. People are more aware than ever before about the importance of inclusivity at, you know, in film at large, but like particularly with um the Oscars in this point. And I'm like, this this is just such a such a wonderful short that I hope um takes it home. Honestly, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a real breath of fresh air after how many just dire shorts we have to watch. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, thank you to Shorts TV, but also please. Oh, help. we love you, Shorts TV. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also please send us like a voucher for some from some therapist time because Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, yeah, it, it is refreshing to watch. Uh, yeah, my two favorites are this one and Queen of Basketball. Um, you know, I, I typically tend to like the sports documentaries, but these really work for me, and I think they're just great little documentaries. And I, I really do. I, I kind of think Lead Me Home's going to win just because of the LA of all of it all. But I do hope it's it's audible. I think it would be wonderful. I, I think it's, it's you're right. I, I mean, hopefully it gets a boost from the code of love. Um, all right. That is our uh, documentary short subject and um, live action shorts episode. Thank you once again, Shorts TV. Um, we we appreciate you. We love you. <laughs> um, you guys can all watch um, these uh well, really, the documentary and the and the, and the animated uh, over on Shorts TV, or you can go to the theater. Um, don't bring your kids to the animated, though. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with with more uh, more categories. Um, all right, thanks for listening.